Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, here to help you find success in all areas of your life. The power is in your hands. Join our network for free at besteveryou.com. And now, here's Elizabeth. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for joining the Best Ever You Show. I, um, I'm here in Maine, and we're well up over 600 shows now since 2010 with millions of downloads and listeners and live listeners as well. We thank you all for joining us here on the Best Ever You Show. Of course, you can visit us at besteveryou.com and become a member. We love our members, and we also love our contributors. If you'd like to write for us, just send me an email at elizabeth at besteveryou.com, and uh, you can write for us, and uh, we'd just absolutely love to have you contribute. We also do uh, featuring you, share your story. You can share your story on besteveryou.com, up to 1,500 words with pictures and, and videos, whatever you want to put up there, uh, you can. So we really invite you to take advantage of our website. We do share what you post and give us in our social media, which is verified and across all channels with millions of followers as well. So thank you all for being here, and thank you to our guests. This is um, – this is a show that's going to have a rating on it, just so you know. I just want to let everybody know ahead of time, this is a show about addiction. So if you have small children or um, just anybody, just a heads up, we're going to put a rating on the show. And welcome, Christine Naiman and Natalie Naiman. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having us. Okay, so who's Christine? <laughs> Hi, Christine. I hear your voice. <laughs> I'm Christine. And then I'm Natalie. Okay, it's hard to tell you guys apart. Um, you've we written get- a book. We're, we are fellow authors with HCI Books. I have a book coming out in March called The Change Guidebook, How to Align Your Heart, Your Truth, Your Energy to Find Success in All Areas of Your Life. So we're, we are fellow authors with HCI. We love everybody at HCI. And your book is called About Natalie. What made you all decide to write a book? Or, Christine, did you do all the writing uh, about this uh- topic of addiction? Yeah, well, first of all, congratulations on your book. That's exciting. <laughs> Thank um, you. And what made me write the book? Well, uh, Natalie was, was struggling with addiction, had been since she was she was quite young. And I was struggling, you know, right along with her. And I always thought that I would write. I always thought that I would express myself in writing. But... Um, I always thought that I would write after, after we had our, our happy ending, after it was all, you know, I could, could write a book and the last chapter would be tying it all up into a, you know, with a little bow and, you know, doing that. But then, you know, we were in the middle of all of it and one day I woke up and I said, you know, I'm, I'm feeling so isolated, so affected by all of the stigma and, you know, but I'm certainly I'm not alone. So I thought, you know, let me reach out to families just like ours, to parents just like me, to um, anybody who who wanted to know more and um, kind of embrace them, kind of offer them, um, uh, you know, a a thought or, you know, a warm thought or a feeling. And um, that's really where um, I started writing the book. But um, Natalie um, contributed probably, um, the you know, the best parts of the book with her poetry. Oh, I love that. Natalie, what did you think about at first when your mom said, let's write a book about this? Um, I had, of course, you know, like some mixed feelings just with how people tend to react to addicts 
and sometimes their stories and you know sometimes you go to give reasons and all people see are excuses and they're not excuses they're just contributing factors and of course there's always there's you know a countless amount of mistakes I've made where you know I could have made 10 better decisions when I didn't but yeah I ended up you know thinking about the fact that we could help people like she has said before like we can make them feel less alone and the best thing to fight stigma of any kind is education and having an open dialogue so I figured that was a good way to do that yeah and uh, in addition to the stigma is it helping you fight the addiction too you you mean um is it help is writing the book helping me with my addiction it, it is it definitely is like it definitely keeps me motivated to keep the clean time that I do have partially over like you know I still <laughs> I feel kind of awkward having to say that you know um that I've lost that clean time but besides that like it it, it has because I've heard other people's stories and but I've heard those stories through the connections we've made through the book and they motivate me they motivate me you know a lot of people Today I motivate them, and I yep. think they give me way more credit than <laughs> I, I'm worth. But they they really help me. They really help me, and it's kind of it's a mutual benefit with the whole feeling less alone. Love it, um, Christine. T- tell me about the book. So the book is called About Natalie. It's available wherever books are sold. You can go to HCI Books and buy it there. You can buy it at Simon and Schuster, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever books are. Uh, just tell us a little bit about the book. Um, yes, the book is is uh, from a mom's standpoint. My standpoint, it's the all of the feelings, all of the emotion of um, you know the discovery. Uh, it goes through the discovery of finding out um, that Natalie was an addict. The uh, you know the shock, the denial. You go through all of the emotions. You go through all of the um, false starts of trying to um, make things better, uh, make her well. Um, it's it's written from my standpoint, and um, like I said, it's it's a reach out to, to other parents. But I also thought that it was so important that people maybe you know got to, to see some of the book at least from Natalie's point of view and that's what the um poems are all about um i'm, I'm just hoping that um you know by, by reaching out people will um get to know us i was um you know people have that stigma they have those um thoughts and those ideas about what addicts and addicts families and addicts moms are all about and i thought you know we're just a regular normal family let people get to know us let me be real and raw and candid and honest and uh, let them get to know me, let them go to my family, let them get to know my beautiful daughter, and um, maybe we could um, comfort some people, but maybe we could change some, um, maybe some negative attitudes or harsh attitudes and beat down some stigma. You know, I, I, I love this conversation. I'm going to be raw with this conversation and probably very unpolished because it's not a conversation I'm used to having either. And so... Um, Guide us in that conversation, if you would, because I've got questions in front of me to ask you and so forth, but I, I quickly want to depart from them almost and just go like 
right to Natalie reading a poem from the book. You've mentioned poem a couple times now. Natalie, as we um, talk a little bit more here, could you could you get ready to read us a poem from the book? Do you have it in front of you yeah, to think about maybe one to read? We'll, and we'll come back yep. to you in just a minute. I just wanted to prep you for that <laughs> instead of throwing you a curveball. Okay. Um, what are the what are the questions, Christine? What are the questions that people ask that make you cringe? Like, what don't you want to be asked? Or is uh, everything okay but, to ask? You know, mostly everything is okay to ask um, because I, like I said, I, you know, when I before I wrote the book, before I even wrote a word, I thought, you know, people spot a fraud a mile off, and um, people, you know, I don't want to insult anybody because families and loved ones are going to know if I'm real and um, addicts are going to know if I'm real. And I thought, let me go in all in and um, give people as much as I, you know, experience and as much as I know, as much as I feel. Um, That doesn't mean to say that there aren't some questions that make me cringe. Um, Off the top of my head, I guess, um, for me as a, as a loved one or as a mom in particular, um, you know, how did you know? Um, they'll, they'll say, you know, how did you know? I mean, my goodness. Uh, you know, um, that's a hard question for me. Um, but it's not a hard, it, it's not a question that um, I haven't asked myself a thousand times. So, um, I, you know, I always say, um, or I always think when I feel that, you know, since the people are judging me, I'm thinking, you know what, um, judge away, but, um your your judgment hurts, but no judgment hurts worse than my own, and I've judged me plenty. So um, I think the questions where, um, even though I acknowledge it, but, you know, the questions where people point out that, you know, I fell short, and um, that's, you know, it hurts, but, you know, in a lot of ways it's the truth. Um, it's hard when people um, ask for, uh, you know, maybe advice or, something like that. We shy, we have advice, but we shy away from giving advice. But um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of questions that make me cringe, but there's a lot of questions that we're, we're happy to answer too. Yeah. You know, one of the things I'm, as I'm sitting here having both of you on here is having that feeling of, gosh, Natalie, I'm glad you're here with us because I have a friend, mm-hmm. um, Cindy Doucette, whose daughter isn't with us, and she had an overdose on ecstasy. And she wrote uh, the book, It Can Happen to Any Family, How Drugs Took My Daughter's Life. And so Mm -hmm. I feel blessed that you're both here with us. And I really would like to hear Natalie read one of her poems or two. Thank you. You pick. I I completely can empathize with you. I've lost and and just... Way too many people. I've lost a best friend a while back, and it's just, it's just, it's very hard. And I'm very sorry that you had, you and your friend had to experience that, especially with someone so close. Thank you. But and our um, sons, our sons do too. You know, our sons have lost friends, and so it's, yeah. it touches everyone. And it's a really uncomfortable topic. And I'm really proud of you both for being here talking <laughs> about it openly. It's very brave. Thank you. And, you know, it's brave of you to allow the conversation. But, um, okay, so I found a couple poems. I'm trying to, like, think of maybe which one I think I will do. There's one about, like, um, in case, like, I ever pass. And then there's one about, like, 
kind of like a warning to other addicts like who are still using. I think maybe mm-hmm. that might be a, a best. So I'll start with, I'll just do this one for now. So, okay, so it says, I have lied, oh, have I lied, and I wish that was the worst. The struggles I encounter, is it karma or is it a curse? I have stolen from family, always saying it's the last time. I have stolen from strangers for no reason or rhyme. I have sold pictures. I have even sold me. All lines eventually get crossed no matter what they may be. You can try and continue, but just give it some time. You will go against your beliefs, whether it's morals or or crime. So heed my warning, or just don't. But I promise you, you'll do all those things you swore you never, or you swore you won't. Nice. Christine, how how does that make you feel when she reads the poems out loud? Oh gosh, I'm tearing up right here. It it, it breaks um, it breaks it, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that she had those thoughts, she had those feelings, and um, uh, it's it's painful. Um, I know for her to experience it, but it's so painful for me to know that um, she felt those things. If you don't mind, um, can I read just the one other one? Yeah, of course. All right, thank you. Um, So this one is, remember my intentions, my dreams, and my hope. When I'm gone, do what you need, whatever helps you cope. Remember when I tried, not only when I failed. Remember the fun times we had, not just when I failed. Remember our conversations way late at night. Don't remember me losing. Remember my fight. Remember how I held you so very close. Forget when I lied just to get a dose. So remember how I loved you so very dear. Remember the difference I made during my time here. I just felt it was, like, applicable with what we just talked about with all the loss. Yeah, very much so. Um, Wow. So, Natalie, I'm going to go keep talking to Natalie, Christine. Is that okay for a minute just to... Of course. Okay. Natalie, what started all of this? Can you can you pinpoint it to a certain moment in your life? Um, and how old were you? I, I can pinpoint like whenever I started using um the but not necessarily what caused that moment to end up happening. You know, just I was going through a lot at that time. I was about twelve when I first picked up some any substance i um i had been going through a lot in school uh wasn't the best at making friends i had some issues with bullying and people being very intense and hurtful online and just multiple just other Mm -hmm. things and always had struggles with mental health and i was just very much depressed. I had began self-harm and had recently had probably like the first like very close death to happen to me um, about a year or two earlier. My grandfather passed of cancer and actually I was about, so this, I was about 12 at the time and he passed like a year or two before and I was 
at their house. I was at my grandparents' house at the time, and I just decided to go through some of his his armoire, and I was just doing it sentimentally. Like, there wasn't, you know, any intention. I was just going through some stuff, and, you know, when someone passed, mm-hmm. like, sometimes there's, their smell lingers, and sorry if I'm breaking up a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I was going through his stuff, and like I said, he died of cancer, and he was a very strong man, and just throughout his life and throughout his final struggles, he had a lot of medications, and he also had a lot of medications that he made an attempt not to take at times when he, you know, felt he didn't need need them or wanted to be more clear-headed or whatever the Mm -hmm. case, and I'm sure, like, partially addiction-wise, you know, but I came across them. I came across a great deal of leftover pills, and, yeah, I was curious, but um, I feel like, especially when it comes to harder drugs, like, at this point, it was, like, pills, which are decently hard, but it's just no one does things strictly out of curiosity and boredom. But anyway, that can yeah. be for later. But, uh, but yeah, so I came across some pills, and I decided to try some because I knew that doing that made people feel better. I knew I, – I looked some of them up, and I, like, just some were for, you know, op- some were opiates, some were, you know, sleeping pills, Ambien – muscle relaxers, stuff like that, and I just wanted to feel better, like, physically, mentally, emotionally, I just wanted to feel better, and I started taking them, and that was happening, especially, especially with the Vicodin, and I didn't know anything about withdrawal at that point, so that was a nice shock a few months later, but Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't realize, you know, that you build a tolerance, and then your body gets relying on them, and then I, I just didn't, I was so young I just didn't know that at that time Natalie what what do you want to do with your uh, with your life your career what what are your what are your hopes dreams goals okay. just listening so. to you and you, you seem <laughs> yeah you got something what is it <laughs> so, um, I am trying to so I am taking uh, a class right now, and I'm going to take a few more classes next semester. Um, I have decided – I keep changing my major. I initially was in, like, three different things, um, but I was looking into child care because children are just very near and dear to my heart, and it's very therapeutic for me as I've, you know, gone through some trauma with, uh, related to that. But – I decided that I also had a very, very big interest in medicine, partially coming from, you know, my dad being, you know, a physician and just general interest. And so I took a medical terminology this semester, and I think I'm going to head into a sonography program and end up being, you know, um, ultrasound tech. And then to, um, and I think, wow, I go through that schooling, I think I'm going to try and be somewhat of a preschool teacher, which is something I never 
thought I'd be able to do if, you know, if I, I, it was something I wouldn't have ever been able to do if I didn't get clean. I'd never put, you know, Mm -hmm. children in that situation. So it just shows the things that you can do if you get clean, like, you know, all these doors open and like, it's something I hope to show people and show other addicts that are struggling that like, you can do all these things that you thought you can't fix everything that you've messed up, but you can make them better and you sure you can are. move forward and all that. Natalie, I hope you read my book when it comes out, or maybe we'll have Lindsay give you an advanced copy of it because it's going to speak to right what you're saying right there. Because I, I have this feeling that both of you are going to have this amazing impact on other people, and that's why I asked that question of you. Christine, how constantly yeah. worried about Natalie are you? It's just um, mom to mom here because I have four boys. They're 20, 22, 24, and 26, and it's really hard some nights to sleep. <laughs> oh, gosh, it is. Um, mom to minute of every day. That's how much I worry. Um, I, you know, I, I, I celebrate her and, you know, we celebrate, you know, all that she's done and all that she's going to do. And I just know that she just has a, a, a bright future out there. And um, I know I'm biased, but I, I couldn't be, I always tell everybody, you know, um, you see one thing and then, you know, I see the best thing that ever happened to me. So, um, but I, I know that, um, She's going to be amazing, but do I worry? Um, sure. I mean, I don't think you can not worry after um, being through what we've been through. Um, mm-hmm. But um, kind of like when the almost the worst thing that could ever happened to you has already happened to you, you you've got to um, you put on a brave face and you you go on. But um, uh, lots of worry, but lots of um, hope and positivity too. Natalie, how worried about you are you? <laughs> um, I do definitely worry. Uh, I worry the most when my mental health isn't the best. That tends to be my triggers and what takes me back. And And I feel like I'm good in the point that if it was in front of me, which it has been throughout the two or so years I've been away from all that stuff where I've actually, I've never in a million years thought I'd be able to say no to something right in front of me. But but I have, and I feel like I'm good on that point. But like I said, it's it's the mental health aspect of just, you know, if I I worry of getting, you know, desperate enough, but I am willing to do anything in my power to try and protect my sobriety, and that's what you have to do. Like, that's when you, like, start getting clean, like, so you're – that's your goal. You have to just protect and nurture and, you know, all of that with your sobriety. And I'm going to try and do that by trying to maybe up my level of care with my counselors and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I think that I'm pretty confident that I'm on the right track and I'm pretty confident I'm going to stay there. But you never want to get too comfortable because it's a very cunning and sneaky disease, but I I think I'm in a good place. Yeah. Are you healing? Yes. I I I am. I am. Whenever you're using you're you're not dealing with almost anything, but especially the things that you're hiding from. So, you know, it 
whenever you get clean with the whole emotional and healing and dealing with everything that you've been through before and after, it's, you have to just, I don't know, you just have to go through it to get over it because Good. it's going to get worse before it gets better. You get your emotions back and every suddenly, like, you know, everything you've ever done, like, you know, and your addiction and just everything you've been through, it just all comes flooding back. And that's part of why it's so hard to stay clean in early recovery. But if you keep pushing through, like, you know, your body, if your body begins to heal, it, it begins to chemically reset yourself. And there's definitely some like more deep traumas that I've I've definitely not gone very far with, but I think I'm in a, at least a better place than I was before. Mm-hmm. And, and there's other things where I have healed like a very significant amount, but it's, it's, it's all a process. It's, you know, time takes time and it's just, it's about moving forward and, you know, it's just about keep moving forward, not necessarily if you've like gotten there just yet. Thank you for that. Um, Christine, what do you hope that the book accomplishes? And um, I, I read something somewhere that it said all proceeds were being donated. Um, yeah, uh, part of the proceeds are definitely going towards um, Park Allegheny Health Network. Um, it's a place that's very um, near and dear to um, my heart, Natalie's heart. Um, they have been a big part of her care. Uh, they have been a part of her mental health care. They have been a part of her addiction care. And um, we just consider ourselves too blessed not to give back. So um, that's a, a very, very big um, part of what we want to do with um, the majority of the proceeds of the book. Um, I, I want the book to be an embrace. I want the book to let people know simply, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but that they're not alone. I want them to know that there's help out there. I want them to know that um, there's a there's another side. There's a better side. There's a better future. Um, recovery is possible. And um, I want people to know um, uh, that it, you definitely, um, you've got to take care of your, um, your, your um, person who is struggling with addiction. But um, it's okay to take care of you, too. And that's one of the points I express in the book because um, you, you, it's, it's all right to take care of you because you are suffering from addiction right along with them. That's very true. Do you what's, – what's the most helpful thing anybody's ever done so far to help you both? Mm, for me, um, you know, there's such shame and stigma – that people think that you just have to dance around it or avoid. I think the most um, hurtful things are when people would not ask about Natalie and they would, you know, they, they, I think they were thinking that they were protecting me and they would just somehow avoid the, you know, the elephant in the room. And, but the most helpful thing truly was when they would say, you know, how's Natalie? Give me a chance to talk about Natalie and um, listening. And just listening with a sympathetic, non-judgmental ear, um, that really, really, um, that really helped um, me to heal, um, and it helped me to know that they cared, not just about me, but you know, um, about my daughter, and um, that was helpful to me. Hmm. I 
that um, what's probably helped me the most besides, like, when people – I enjoy when people ask questions, you know? I enjoy when people ask questions because I know that they're trying to understand. They're trying to keep an open mind. They're not immediately, like, you know, hearing the word addict and just completely shutting off. And like my mom said, just, like, being and having – having an open ear and an open mind, it just, it makes the world a difference. It makes you feel, you know, understood. It makes you feel all of that. And, you know, I, I just really think that also with all the treatment and care that I've gotten, which like we said with the proceeds, like they are going towards like some of the exact, you know, they're going through mental health and, you know, services like that. And I feel like with the services I've, you know, gotten the people that have worked there that have helped me the most are the ones that have just been honest with me, been candid with me, you know, said they've made mistakes. Or I remember whenever, this is kind of a separate thing, but I remember something that really, like, made me feel, like, not alone and, like, understood was when I got arrested when I was 14 with heroin at school, um, I remember I was sitting in the office and there was, you know, a few of like the principals there and like the uh, security guard, the normal security guard wasn't there. So it was a different cop that was there that day. And I remember we were sitting there and, you know, we were waiting on my parents to come in and waiting on a few other people because it was kind of a big deal. So I remember they were saying like, you know, why just why, you know, are you bored or, you know, you trying to impress somebody? Like I've even had like a, a probation officer say like, why, like, do you think it makes you cute? And that's kind of what I was hinting at earlier. Like, like people don't do things like heroin, like for, to be just cute. for curiosity and just to be cute. <laughs> just, yeah. so there's, there's levels to it. But anyway, so I was sitting there, and they were just, you know, like, like you you seem to live in a nice neighborhood. You seem to have very, you know, nice parents with a very nice job. And besides, like, you know, me feeling like, you know, like, I, you guys don't even know me. But it's just, it was just, I just already felt like they could not understand by the way they were talking. And then a few moments later, this, it was actually an FBI narcotic detective. He walked in. And he heard what they were saying, and he actually said, like, like, shut up. And it was actually yeah. took me completely aback, like, you know, just being, like, 14 and being in this, like, weird situation to begin with. And I was like, I looked at him, and he was like, what are you guys talking about? He was like, and drugs don't discriminate. And that was one of, like, it blew my mind hearing that statement. He said, drugs don't discriminate. They don't see a nice neighborhood or a nice family or a nice job and say that we're not going to go there. So just having someone like who seemed like they kind of just like almost understood me, that was huge for me. And I think that's huge for anybody just feeling like you're understood by somebody in some aspect. Did it change from that moment on having somebody understand you or did you continue uh, down the path? continued down the path for like you know other reasons like but it gave me it did give me a little bit of hope that there were people that could maybe understand 
like why why I'm doing this and like you know I'm not just doing it to make my life harder or my parents life harder because I'm bored or whatever that like I'm like I'm hurting you know yeah and you know there was such a huge chain of events I can't even <laughs> begin but it was it was a good moment it was a good moment in the moment I can't good. say that it like you know changed the rest of my life but it was a very it was just very very affirming and well, change something. And it was just... Change something for sure, because you're talking about it now. So that's that's really exactly. good. Because I think what you're. It was I a think big... what... Sorry, go ahead. I interrupted you. I just Sorry. Big... Cut out. Are you there? I just said it was a big... Yeah, I just yeah. said it was a big moment. There we go. Yeah, keep it kept cutting oh. out. Um, and and so I think one of the things that you're saying too is that addiction is complex. Um, Christine, did you did you cover that in the in the book about the complexities of this? And and do you feel like addic- addiction um, shifts if it's not one thing, it's another, it's another, and you have to um, go back and and heal what's starting it in the first place? Or how do, how does what kind of advice do you have on that? I know um, you guys don't love to give advice, but. I, I covered in the book that, you know, the complexity of the addiction because we were all over the map. I mean, I always say yeah. that the road to recovery is, I mean, the road to getting there um, in active addiction, you know, definitely was not a straight line. And getting out of that same maze definitely isn't a, a straight line either. I mean, definitely three steps forward, two steps back kind of thing. It is complex. Uh, we've we've often talked about the the connection uh, it's very rare to find a person suffering from addiction that isn't also hurting in other ways and suffering from mental health issues. And uh, that is definitely a, um, you know, it's definitely a connection, definitely a link that is almost always there. So uh, that's so complex because do you cure the addiction first and then the mental health later or do you, cure the mental health and then the addiction later. I mean, those, I, you know, obviously leave those types of decisions up to, um, you know, the professionals, but um, I think that, um, you know, they're so linked and closely linked and that's part of the reason that we're so grateful for um, the care that Natalie got at Highmark Allegheny Health Network because uh, for so long, uh, when we would try to get her addiction treatment, they were like, well, you know, we can treat the addiction, but, you know, boy, the mental health, you know, got to go someplace else for that. Or when we were trying to get her mental health cared for, they were like, oh, my goodness, well, you know, that's, we can do that part maybe a little bit, but you got to go someplace else for the addiction. And um, like I said, where we, where we ended up with, with Highmark, they, they were treating the whole girl, and that was a big part of her recovery they were not um uh, you know one hand wasn't afraid of you know what the other hand was doing and they jumped right in there and said we're going to treat you know the whole natalie and um that's really when things started to um, turn around beautiful natalie does a show like this help or hurt what's your feeling right now help me or help others or both. You, <laughs> you both, whatever. Yeah, no, any any part of that that you want to take and, and take and run with. Well, either way, yes, I, I do. I do. I think I think it does help me and it helps others. I feel like it helps me to help others, you know? Like a lot mm. of people believe, you know, addiction, like to keep it, you have to give it away. 
and to, you know, keep your addiction, to keep your clean time, it helps to help someone else with their addiction as long as it's not, you know, putting you in an unsafe predicament. And because, like, I feel like you're taking something that you have regrets about, that you have shame about, whether you necessarily should or not, and you're taking something that is a negative and that makes you feel bad about yourself, and you are helping people with it. And so it gives it another, you know, just another area or just another chance to not just be this bad thing. But, yeah, I think it definitely helps, like we talked about earlier, with, like, the stigma and just starting a dialogue, starting a conversation. And I think one of the uh, things that happens when they do hear someone's story, especially people who are kind of closed-minded to the fact that, like we said, addiction is a complex problem. It's not just like, you know, a moral bad decision problem. Of course, that's part of it. The bad decision is not the moral. But it's, it's, it's a bunch of things. And I, I see, like, usually whenever I'm telling someone my story and they might start out a little bit, you know, not the fondest of addicts. But at some point I say something I've been through or, like, all these things I've tried or whatever – and some of the stigma they have, they'll be like, oh, well, well, that's different. You shouldn't have had to go through that, and that person should have helped you, and this and that. But the thing is, is if you listen to anybody's story, you're going to hear those parts. So yeah. if you let give people a chance and, you know, put away your preconceptions and just listen to them and, like, see them as a person and not just an addict, it really can make a difference. And I think telling this, telling stories does that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Christine, how important is it to surround you and Natalie and your entire family, for that matter, with unconditional love? Oh, so important, so important. I mean, it really, um, it, it really is what helps keep us all um, well. I mean, when people... <laughs> um, you know, embrace me. I, you know, it it just gives me so much strength. I know when people accept and embrace Natalie, it gives her the strength she needs. Uh, it really, um, it's it's really key, and um, that's basically what we're trying to do for others. Yeah. Do you have a? Um, I'm trying to steer away from the word advice, but I'm just going to use it, I guess. Do you have any advice for uh, parents or or family members struggling with? Uh, their children, or um, or what can what can people do who are not struggling with their own children do to help other people with this problem? Okay, well, um, for sure. I mean, like we, we shy away from advice, but then at the same time, I mean, I can safely say, um, educate yourself. I mean, that's some place that I fell short. I I didn't educate myself. I kind of had that um, ridiculous thought, oh, not us, not my daughter kind of thing until I, you know, obviously that was, I I realized that was not the truth. So educate yourself because there were signs. I mean, when I think back and look back, I'm thinking, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, where was I? Well, you know, the truth was I was right there, but I wasn't seeing what I was seeing. So educate yourself. Um, If you start to see things, um, definitely um, see them. Let yourself see them. Uh, I'm going to stop for one second. 
can I for one second? Mm-hmm. What do you mean by if you see things? Like what? Well, you know, I mean, there were, there were so many times. I mean, she was pulling away. Natalie was pulling away. She was coming not just private. She was becoming kind of reclusive and secretive. Um, you know, I, I mean, every time I smelled smells that I, you know, didn't yeah. know what I was smelling. You know, bloodshot eyes, um, changes in friend groups, um, all of those types of things, um, erratic behavior, um, you know, sleeping at odd times, eating, um, uh, binge eating, and then kind of starving and all of that. I always tell people, you know, your your child is not going to look like an addict to you, chances are. Your child's going to look like your child. Your child's going to look like your baby. Um, they may be looking like your baby who's having a bad day or who's sleepy or who's, you know, um, or maybe even, you know, like sometimes I thought, oh, she's just growing up. This is just independence, and I need to, you know, I need to allow that. So um, see those things. I would tell people to, to go ahead and, and, and see those things. Um, and then if, unfortunately, that's where you are, acknowledge it. Um, don't go straight to denial like I did. I mean, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, first of all, it's denial. And then when it's, you can't stay completely in denial, then, oh, I'm going to clean this up you know, carefully and quietly, no one will know that stigma will not touch me. It will not touch my daughter. Um, Got to get, I had to get over that. Um, and then yeah. the helpers um, definitely go, go after them. There's so much help out there. There's so much great help out there that you just need to, um, you, you need to accept. And um, again, take care of yourself. The caregivers need the loved ones. They need, um, it, it, it's okay. Um, I had to get over that too because for a long time, when I was in desperate need of my own self care, I was um, very much um, considering myself above that. You know, I'm not the sick one. Natalie struggling with addiction, not me. Until I realized that both of those were not true. So um, take care of you so that you can take care of your um, your struggling child. Yeah. Is your is your family in? okay through all of this in in terms of uh, is every is everybody intact is it you know how how has this affected your family because you have other children husband uh, what what's all what's what happens to that group of people also because it's very much well, about you, you and know, natalie what what's what right yeah Right. Well, cliche to say, you know, addiction is a family disease, but addiction is definitely a family disease. It affected all of us. It affected Natalie's uh, brothers, Natalie's father, um, you know, the the family dynamic, the family relationship. But um, thank God, thank God, we are all still intact. Um, We um, struggled all together, but we struggled all separately, too. Um, You know, I was, uh, you know, um, at home most of the time. And uh, I kept saying to um, Natalie's dad, my husband, I said, you know, it's my fault. I was there. And, you know, I did a bad job of being there. And he was blaming himself. He said, no, it's my fault. He said, because I wasn't there enough. And Natalie's older brother felt guilty because he maybe knew some things that he didn't, wasn't forthcoming about. And Natalie's, you know, little brother felt bad. You know, he was younger, but he felt somehow that he could have done something or said something. So uh, we suffered separately. We suffered suffered together, but um, our common love was Natalie, and yeah. um, we pulled it together for that. And um, you know, my husband and I even, um, you know, we we realized, you know, very early on that we were facing a monster, and um, the monster was either going to tear us apart, 
um, as a couple or as a family, or we were gonna we were gonna fight together. And um, I'm very grateful that we fought together. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Well, for those listening, uh, we're gonna cut off live in about a minute, but we're gonna go into pre-record. So um, you should be if you've called in, you should be able to still hang with us here. Um, if it does cut off for you, just um, you can click the show for free replays anywhere where you, the best ever you show is or where you listen to your podcasts and uh, you can catch the show entirely on free replay. Uh, I've got a couple more questions for you. If you can, you hang with me for just a little bit more. Of course. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Um, the, I think so. Yeah. The family dynamic. Thank, thank goodness it's, it's intact and so forth. Um, how, so there's unconditional love right there. How, um, I, you know, I was reading the acknowledgments for your book, and then I was thinking about all the people who came together to help you do this book. Um, and there's a name in there, Patty Aubrey. Yes. <laughs> yes, Patty Aubrey, a dear friend of mine. Yeah. And, uh, and you want uh, yeah, Patty Aubrey of the Canfield Group, and um, yeah, she's uh, she's she's an amazing girl who um, has been a friend of mine for um, 20 years. And um, she, I was fortunate enough to meet um, that angel called Patty, and um, yeah, she was a, a big part of helping. Good. Yeah, she's she's cool. I um, I know that that group. Starting to know that group a little bit better, and I I really enjoy enjoy her. Um, and talk about HCI a little bit because you know it's a big it's a big order to do a book. <laughs> really oh is. yeah, I mean, oh gosh, they um, they are just amazing. I, I just everyone there. I mean, Christian yeah. Blonshine, Peter Vesco, uh, Christine Valeris, just just love the whole group. They are just people that are just trying to book, put good books and uh, messages out there. And they were a perfect fit for me because um, that's what I was trying to do. So when I landed on their doorstep with, um, you know, my passion and my manuscript under my arm, I said, mm-hmm. you know, please help me do this. And they were just so um, gracious and so embracing and, you know, invited me in and said, yes, we're going to try to help you um, spread this message. And I had a, a quick conversation with um, Christian Blanchine just in, very quickly when I stopped down there um, at one point to meet everybody and um, I said, I, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, make you proud. I'm going to try to try to mm-hmm. do what I can to, you know, um, give this, make this book a winner for you. And he looked at me with the most heartfelt, um, genuine eyes. And he said, Christine, if you can just help, we can just help a few people, it's all worth it. And I mean, people say that all the time and don't mean it, but I know that he really, really meant that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's the way I feel too. I'm coming from, I'm coming to them from a different publisher and um, they, mm-hmm. they care. It's a totally different vibe. They care about me. They care about the people we help. They care about just, they care. Completely they different. They really yeah. Do. They really care. It, um, it's a great group. You feel like you, you're in family uh, instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just right. a, a lovely group, and I and I really do believe that um, if it if you help somebody with this, um, but you know, it's just uh, it I, and it's sad to see people um, dying from addiction, and so if we can prevent right. those deaths and help people stay alive and thrive, 
it's it's huge. And I guess, Natalie, I want to ask this, and I don't know if I should or not, so please just tell me, don't ask that if I need to, you know, whatever, it's uncomfortable. But how, how many how many times have you come close to dying from drugs? Well, got to, is there enough. an yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I, I, is there and I want to ask another but, question on top of that too. Is there is but, there a point is there a point where you said enough's enough I'm changing? Yes, yes to both of those. So yeah, there were um there were a decent few times where I did end up overdosing. Um <laughs> so something a lot of people don't like think of is the time where mo- when most people overdose and die, and that's actually how I've lost one, my best friend, but a few other friends, is after they've gone into treatment or gotten clean for a little bit because they no longer have a tolerance and, you know, the stuff has changed and all that. So there was a few times when I had been recently clean and recently out of treatment and all that, and that... um you know, that happened. It was just, it was, um, my body wasn't used to it. And, um, the one time that was specifically probably the worst, which kind of goes into your other question, uh, losing a pregnancy and I was clean throughout the pregnancy. But after that happened, I did end up relapsing. And that was the time when I stopped breathing. I don't, they were having trouble finding pulse my ex Mm. at the time had to do cpr and you know i woke up to emt and i just i felt so awful i felt so awful like not wasting everyone's time but like just i felt bad that there was just so many people and they were there for me and i just felt so like guilty that like everyone was using their time and energy for me and yeah but um but after that traumatic situation happened, I used for a while, but then I got to this point where I realized that if I was ever going to be able to have that again, but with better a better ending, I am not going to get there, you know, using. I'm not going to get there physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like we were advised to try again right after, but of course I couldn't do that while I was using, you know, like I wouldn't do that. So I got to the point where I was like, all right, I, like, I don't see me being happy. I don't see me being happy without that. And for that to happen, that can't happen if I'm using. So at that point, I kind of doubled down on my efforts. I looked into all these different treatments and tried all these different treatments and some worked and some didn't. And some, I took bits and pieces from ones and others and just, it got to the point where I was finally able to get through the day. And then I just took it another day and another day and another day. And that's kind of my advice to um, the one question you had earlier is just, keep trying different things. And that goes for the addicts and the parents, like, you know, like in the family members and loved ones and all that, like keep trying different things with, you know, treatments and, you know, like different facilities and different types of facilities and lengths of time and, you know, just all that. But then also with like the parents and loved ones, 
if, you know, all you've been doing is tough love, tough love, tough love, and it's not working, maybe try doing half love or trying doing love with boundaries. Or if you haven't been doing tough love, tough love, then, you know, like try doing a bit of tough love. Just in general, like there's not one fit size fits all, but just generally the advice is, is that if what you're doing isn't working, just try something else. Just keep trying. Try something else. Try anything else. Just, you know, and that goes for mm-hmm. those, like I said. You know, one of my really good friends is Dr. Margaret Paul, who does inner bonding, and she's got free programs mm-hmm. that are right there online that are fabulous. Um, I, I have a question for both of you, um, and then we're going to wrap up here a little bit. But the question is um, surrounding the word self-love and self-worth. And um, Natalie, while, Christi- while your mom's um, talking about this, I would love for you to take us out on one more poem of yours as we close out the show. Okay. Um, so if you could prep for that, that'd be really great. But, um, Christine, how, how important are the words self-love and self-worth uh, and implementing them to you in your own life and in your daughters oh, and family? They're they critical. Um, they're, they're critical. They're crucial. I... Um, I, there are both things that I um, maybe didn't, didn't honestly just didn't have for a long, long time. I, I didn't really um, have a lot of self-love. I, um, I didn't feel a lot of self-worth, but um, I, I needed to learn to um, foster both if I was going to survive, um, if I was going to be happier, if I was going to survive all of this, but if I was going to, like you said, thrive. And um, obviously I'm not, and we all need that, but I, I realized that um, maybe that those things were a big, big part of why Natalie was struggling. Maybe um, she wasn't feeling um, a lot of self love and a lot of self worth and um or any I think it's some or any, exactly or any or yeah. so I think that they're both things things that we um realize that, that you know everybody needs what we needed too and things that we learn to um foster in, in ourselves and, and promote in each other and um not only just, you know, create it all on our own but to uh give each other and um help those um those very crucial things to grow. Natalie, um, same to you about self-love and self-worth, but I'm going to add, you know, how do you remember your value and bring that to light in each and every moment of your life as you carry forward? Um, It's hard. It's hard. Um, self-worth is definitely something I I struggle with. I, I honestly, um, you know, I'm not, you know, the poster child for, that at all but but maybe um, you will be but maybe i will be exactly exactly there's actually something someone said to me one time it was just in an over one time and i was saying something about like you know i said i know myself and i know myself so i know how i will be in that situation and they said you know yourself now and that just really hit me because it's the same mm-hmm. thing with self-worth. I know myself now. I know how I feel. But like you said, maybe one day I will be, you know, like just because 
you know, you feel this way now, especially if you just keep, you know, when you've been an addict, you do all these negative things that you don't want to do because you feel like you need to do or one reason or another. And I feel like if you just get on a better path and keep just adding to the list of things with helping people and do making better decisions. And I feel like if you kind of get the score to even out a bit more, you can maybe give yourself a little bit of a break and know that you are worth it and you are worthy of being clean and worthy of being loved and being happy. And even if, you know, you don't believe it, just think of the fact that everyone deserves all of that. So you count as everybody. Hmm. All right. And now we're ready for your poem. Which one are you going to read to us? Okay. Um, I think I'm going to choose this one. Um, I would like to say I think I'm a little bit of a better poet now. I'm just always so self-conscious about my work. But anyway, this one's like kind of a like Alice in Wonderland, like, you know, like mm-hmm. an off type thing. Down the rabbit hole I go, anywhere is better than here. Further and further I choose to go, even when trouble is near. Eat me, drink me, until you can't see. Eat me, drink me, trapping myself to be set free. Turning left, turning right, I think I may be lost. I think I found what I'm looking for, but at what cost? Here comes oblivion. There goes my soul. The problem is, is I'm not Alice, and this isn't my rabbit hole. So that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Christine, when she reads that, what are you thinking about? Oh, again, um, you know, the same. I, I just feel uh, that it, as, a, as a mom, you know, you just you just want to protect your child from yeah. so much and you want to protect them from their own feelings. You want to protect them from thoughts and feelings like that. And, um, I, um, it, it, it's painful. It's painful, but I, I think that, you know, Natalie is on the other side of so much of this and, um, I just have such yeah. confidence that part of her journey, no matter, maybe she chooses it, um, helping others as a profession um but i know that you know or as just a um you know a a, uh an addition to her profession i just know that she's going to be out there and she's going to just be able to um help so many people through her poetry through you know talking and speaking and and having the fortunate experience um like we're having with you right now i mean just pray that somebody's listening and uh, I think they're looking at, you know, maybe they're going to say, well, maybe, you know, if that girl can overcome, I can too. Exactly. I'm very grateful for uh, the time we've spent here and uh, very grateful that you've written this book about such a uh, complex topic. And I'm also very grateful for both of you being so brave and so forthright in, in speaking to me and our audience about addiction and uh, just all the all the nuances that go with it so the book is called about natalie it is available wherever books are sold and christine what is your website too since we're uh online christine, here yeah christine is the best way to reach me 
N-A-M-A-N, so it's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-N-A-M-A-N.com. And are you also uh, in social media? Uh, yes, we're, uh, I'm on Facebook, and um, again, as Christine Naiman, and Christine Naiman author, and about Natalie Books. So uh, lots of ways to reach us. What's interesting Perfect. is we have um, this website about Natalie Addiction Comfort, and it just got, it's just really cool that it does a lot of the stuff that you mentioned with your website. So it's just kind of like, you know, <laughs> I can tell that you're you know, a really, really nice person, and it's kind of, you know, kind of interesting that we both pick that or pick their certain things for to try and help people express themselves. So, Perfect. Yeah, thank, thank you for saying that. Um, I do like to be nice to people, um, <laughs> and I do care about you both. And um, I, I, I care you. about your well-being from, from afar and hopefully near someday as we are in this pandemic. Yeah. But it would be nice to, to meet up sometime and give each other a big hug. And I'm, I'm again, grateful for both of you. And, and um, I've started to end my shows on this saying, may gratitude guide you. It's my thing. <laughs> may gratitude guide you. So thank you thank for being you so here. And thank you for our audience for listening live and on free replay. Again, we're the Best Ever You Network at besteveryou.com. And we're grateful for your love and support, as is uh, Christine Naiman and her daughter, Natalie. So, Christine and Natalie, thank you again for being with us. And uh, thank you to everyone at HCI Books for um, publishing this book on such an important topic and embracing Christine and Natalie. All right. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you tuned in. Be brave, be bold, be you. And remember to visit us at besteveryou.com. Thank you for listening. We're- <laughs> Ran again. Thanks, everybody. Take care. <laughs>